Welcome to The Web We Weave, a podcast created by us, students in David Morgan's new media writing class at Emory University. Each week this semester, we will explore the emerging set of protocols and cultural practices that have evolved around new technologies. How big is this new media universe? What are its limits? Who participates in it and why? How does it spread, converge, and form, and obscure? And is it really all that different from the old media that has been tossed aside? In this postmodern, post-structuralist, post-truth period, many critics have resisted grand narratives or stable definitions in response to such questions. So each week, we will examine one publication that seems to be doing something interesting. Over the course of these 16 episodes, we hope to untangle the narratives a bit and decide where we are now. Welcome to The Web We Weave. I'm Greer Howard. And I'm Shivan Patel. And in today's episode, we will be discussing the website 538. Nate Silver, under the pseudonym Poblano, founded 538 in 2008 as a polling website in order to provide a method of predicting how well then-Senators Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama would fare against Senator John McCain in the 2008 presidential election. Silver used the name 538 as a reference to the number of electoral votes in the U.S. Electoral College. The website was unique in that it analyzed an aggregate of polls by weighting them based on their previous accuracies. Silver also supplemented this polling data with data from previous elections and voting patterns in each region. He stated in an article with the Daily Beast that most mainstream media sources have become too focused on what was newsworthy and not what was relevant. He wrote that if there are a number of polls in a state that show the Republican ahead, it won't make news when another one says the same thing. But if a new poll comes out showing the Democrat with the lead, it will grab headlines, even though the poll is probably an outlier and it won't predict the outcome accurately. This method gained 538 notoriety in 2008 when it correctly predicted the presidential election in every state but Indiana and Nebraska's 2nd Congressional District in every Senate race. 538 continued to gain credibility when under the domain of the New York Times, it correctly predicted every state in the 2012 presidential election and 31 out of the 33 Senate races. When asked about one of the Senate races that 538 had given the victor only an 8% chance of winning, Silver responded by saying that his model provided probabilities, not predictions. He specifically said, those 8% chances come up sometimes. They come up 8% of the time, in fact. I think this brings up an interesting point about 538 and what it does as a website, in that it seeks to provide factual statements and estimations and probabilities, like Silver said, instead of doing predictions or uh, stating what the outcome will be or, or should be or an opinion. Uh, even the opinion articles written by 538 um, tend to be more factual in nature. Um, for instance, there was an article written entitled Brady versus Belichick, Who's to Blame for the Patriots' Insufferable Success? Um, and throughout the article, the author clearly states that they have a bias towards believing Bill Belichick is responsible. Um, however, towards the end of the article, the author states that the evidence shows otherwise. People can gather whatever they want from that instead of trying to actually say what it is. It's, it's more providing the information and the data to be able to allow readers to infer for themselves uh, what, what the answers might actually be, both in sports, in this case with this Bill Belichick Tom Brady article, and with politics as in 2008, 2012, and in the 2016 elections. I agree with what you're saying. Uh, 
lot of websites just kind of use articles to push their point across for the most part, provide like their point of view. Whereas 538 is just giving data. They're also, they're separating their point of view from the facts and then allowing the reader to form their opinion given the actual facts. Especially since it's not necessarily like they're asserting what the facts might be. We can talk about how um, at the bottom of 538's uh, website they have a link to GitHub, um, which is a website in which you can provide code for anyone to have access to. And in the GitHub, they have the actual data sets they are using to provide the statistics, allowing another way for readers to be able to actually see where 538 is getting uh, this information from instead of just asserting it like some dominant force, re really making that the predominant theme of the new media aspect of 538 in all of its articles. I also uh, like the fact that several articles, they start with making a point and then they show data that backs up their point. But then towards the end, it's almost like a 180 degree turn and you see that they're actually disproving their actual the point they started out with, with yeah. more data. I, th I think they do that in a way to almost eliminate the inherent biases of the authors or just the site as a whole. Because um, I think frequently even when uh, websites or news sources do their best to be unbiased, if you don't explicitly state what your biases are, it's hard to completely get around being biased just innately. Um, but if you explicitly state what they are, um, then the reader goes into the article with, with knowing what to look out for, um, especially if you're countering that with raw data. I think that might actually be a good time to bring up the logo of the website, which is a fox. I'm actually not sure who just decided to make a fox the website's logo, um, but it is the logo based upon a quote from Archaeolocus, in which it says, the fox knows many things, but the hedgehog knows one big thing. And it just kind of shows goes to the depth and breadth of 538, instead of trying to, again, assert a dominant fact or assertion, um, just provide evidence in which many assertions and conclusions, or not, not not assertions, but conclusions can be drawn from. And I also think it's interesting to point out that the logo and the fact that it expanded beyond politics when it was acquired by ESPN. Many people just predicted that it would slowly phase out politics and eventually just become a sports website because it was acquired by ESPN. But under ES, ESPN gave Nate Silver... Uh, essentially like full autonomy to run the site how he wants and it expanded into five categories politics sports science and health economics and culture and frequently you see articles that are drawing connections between two categories for example i believe there was an article published recently discussing how the super bowl and the trump election were related I believe there was another article that stated how the NFL was related to politics in general. I'm just talking about how the NFL ran like a political campaign or a political organization as a whole. As Greer mentioned in the looking at the success of the Patriots and comparing Brady and Belichick, they came up with their own system to compare players and coaches, which you wouldn't be able normally be able to do because the coach isn't in the game, so you like playing, so you wouldn't be able to look at stats based on that. One of the things that I just enjoy about the 538 website is how we, as soon as you just type in the URL and, and go to the website, you see a list of uh, a wide range of articles uh, that seem completely unrelated. Um, for instance, looking at it right now, uh, I see 
two articles stacked on top of each other that are Emma Stone is way ahead in, in the best actress race. Um, and this isn't an article that's like uh, completely opinionated or something you might find on a movie blog, but it's backed by statistical evidence. And this statistical analysis of Emma Stone's actressing is directly above an article that is entitled The Spurs Defense Against Corner Threes is Stellar and statistical evidence backing this up. And directly adjacent to that is an article that says Tracking Congress in the Age of Trump. Um, three completely unrelated categories being analyzed in very similar ways but for completely different purposes. Um, I, I think that that makes 538 completely unique in what it does, which brings an interesting point into the age of new media of what it is to analyze the world in which we live in, in a non-opinionated but factual way. And adding on to that, when you come to their homepage, there is a separate section titled Inter Interactives. And I think this plays to the term we use for new media of participa participatory culture, whereas users on this site can look at these different, whether they're charts, like predictions for games, and go through it and like, look around the data themselves and not just read something. Yeah, another interesting participatory culture thing is this running article, um, as far as I can tell, is updated weekly um, that is currently entitled, Can You Save the Drowning Swimmer? Which is just a list of riddles in which there are places where readers can submit answers, um, both from very simple uh, mathematical problems, uh, geometry problems, to extremely complex um, efficiency problems, optimization problems, even like poker and gambling problems at which what would be uh, player one's best response. To emphasize the point that while they're providing data, it is still the re reader's responsibility to infer what is important from these data, to sift through what is completely irrelevant or, or what's frankly um, not meaningful from, from the things that matter and will affect um, real world problems and solutions. One of my favorite interactives on this site is titled How the Internet Talks. And again, as we mentioned before, they explicitly state their the bias and the facts immediately with the subheading says, well, the mostly young and mostly male users of Reddit anyway. And this was just a collection of data that 538 collected from 2007 to 2015. And just looking at every single word typed on Reddit. One of my favorite examples on the chart is how there is a correlation between the use of the words cause and correlation. We've spent hours on this just playing around with this data. You can you type in your own words and see the usage rate and how they went over time. And for certain words there were like spikes at a certain month in a certain year. We were trying to figure out what was happening in the world at that time, figure out why this the use of this word spikes suddenly. I think that also brings up a good point uh, about the biases to go ahead and state that I have a strong bias towards 538, but I still think that seeing through my bias, that 538 is a very solid website in the age of new media and that it provides a system or, or a service that is hard to find elsewhere in both its comprehensive and straightforward factual nature. And I think it has a little bit of everything for everyone. And for example, they're advertised on the ESPN homepage. There are links to articles. And the articles on the ESPN homepage are not just about sports. There's even political art articles that are linked to on the ESPN website, which I think 
brings groups together. Like someone that usually normally just spends their time when he's been looking at sports articles can see the 538 link for an article about Trump or Congress or something. So I think they allow readers to kind of diversify what they're reading on the internet. At this point, I guess we should discuss at least a little bit how 538 is able to um, make money or stay in business. So as, as we briefly mentioned earlier, I think she even mentioned that uh, ESPN um, bought 538, uh, and currently they're making um, their money just through um, paid advertisements and paid videos, uh, which I think is extremely common in the age of new media. Most other websites and on online blogs uh, make their money that way, which is also slightly different than what they did in the past um, when they were owned through the New York Times, which obviously also has advertising, but it was part of um, the paid content of the New York Times online website. So it was an exclusive website only for, for readers of the New York Times. So, so throughout 538's history, it's not only broadened from um, exclusively politics to pol politics and sports to, to the five categories that, that we've been talking about. It's also moved from a, a more exclusive website in nature to um, any, anybody can go in and read it. 538 is a great website to analyze in regards to new media because it provides readers with an interactive platform in which they can formulate their own opinions and uh, infer things from data instead of asserting to readers um, that may or may not be true based on opinions or previous biases. Um, also, the website is great in that this data is easily accessible. Users without stat degrees can still see the data, can see how 538 ran statistical regression analysis. That concludes this episode. Uh, we'd like to thank our line producer, Jose Medina, and our sources that we use in this podcast are listed in the description below. Please check out the website at www.538.com.